Hi, this is Karen. In a few minutes, you'll meet Christy, and we are the Modern Principal. We are two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the newest generation of leaders in education. We keep our pod short, sweet, simple, right to the point. A bite-sized bit of PD you can tackle on your way to or from school each day. Each week in the pod, we take a real-life scenario sent to us from listeners and address it through three lenses. This week, we are still talking about all about those interviews, part three. Thanks for joining us. starting it. That it is today. <laughs> it is today. Hey, hey, it's Christy. <laughs> I was supposed to say hi to you. Wait, was that? That sounds like like a answering machine. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Christy. Please leave a message. I'm trying to call. <laughs> oh, oh, I did get a new phone this week and I had to re- well, record my... Thank goodness. Your pictures were so bad. That's not just my phone. <laughs> It's also the taker. But the photographer. The photographer. But um, I had to re-record my outgoing message, and I felt like I was back in high school because I was like, I'm going to say it like nine different times, and each time I don't like my voice. <laughs> what have you been up well, to? You know, we, that's I all have, I've done is record a voicemail. There you go. Last few weeks, that's all Karen's really accomplished. Uh-huh. Um, I have been working on starting this is always the time of the year that I start to think about the next year obviously you know typically our budgets are due yes. we have interviews for the following yes. year people are resigning or retiring and all of that sort of stuff and so um I am starting to actually plan my vision meetings because I'm at a new building this year and so I actually like to start thinking about I don't ever I don't think it's appropriate to like do your vision setting with a team right when you get there personally because I feel like I need to know a little bit more before I go into that and so uh, my instructional coach and I have started talking about that so I'm I'm like pumped I'm really really excited it's like one of my favorite things to do and I just feel like it grounds the building and gets us moving in the same direction so what um what are things you how do you like guide that time Maybe we should have a pot on it. Yeah, we should probably do a, a pot on it. But I use essentially Simon Sinek's, um, it's not his Start With Why book. It's his Find Your Why book. And okay. he kind of outlines a process. Oh, nice. And, um, I, you have to make it a lot shorter because they have a lot more time in the corporate world than yes. you do. <laughs> yes. They have a lot more flexibility with, like, pulling their team members together. Um, and so, but I typically do it volunteer after hours. Um, we do. So you don't do the whole staff, just whoever wants I make to it, stay? Yeah. I make it voluntary. Um, which is also really interesting to be quite honest, to see who shows. Cause you do but, it after school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, in the past I've had a really good turnout. I bet. So. Yeah. So yeah. That's Maybe fun. We'll do a pot on that. How many do you do? Like little mini seshes. Um, in the past, I, I've done vision meetings, um, every spring and I do three sessions after school. Um, and so we have the initial one and then following years I've done like follow-ups. Like we just set intentional side of time to, or intentional time aside to look at our vision and see like, how can we continue to meet it in the following year? Mm -hmm. Like what new things do we want to do? What things we need to stop doing? Those sorts of things. It's really good. We need to do a pot on it. We need to do a pot on a lot of things. I know. We need more time. More time. All right. Uh Part three of three today. We're going to do a pot on this today. (laughs) So as you will recall, we are 
answering a question that my darling husband gave me at a happy hour, <laughs> talking about um, as a um, administrator, what are the moves you can do pre, during, and post the interview to make sure you get the most quality candidate because it is hiring season. Hiring season. So we've covered a pre. Go check it out. We've covered a during. Go check it out. And now we're doing post. Post. All right. So after the interview's over, this was kind of like a during but not really. Do you ever take candidates on tours? So I've talked about this before that we have kind of a, a pretty centralized hiring process. And so we they're not in my building when I interview them. We do that like at central office. Um, so I give the building tour after someone's been hired. Okay. However, I think if I did building interviews, I would take people on a tour. Because I truly believe, I do think it should be a two-way interview process. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I should be looking at the candidate and seeing if they're a good fit for my building, but I want them to want my building to be a good fit for them. Yeah, exactly. So, I have never done it, but I was reading an article about hiring in the corporate world, mm-hmm. and it talked about that was just one of the most important things you can do because you can watch them as they navigate your place of work, see how they interact with your colleagues, how curious they are, do they ask questions, are they just kind of there, and I was like, oh, that really would illuminate some stuff. Yeah, and I think for them to see how friendly or not friendly the staff might be, Mm -hmm. hopefully, if you're the principal, your staff is friendly and welcoming. Right. Um, But I think... They better be. (laughs) But I think it could be really good for the candidate, too, to see if it's a place that they could see as their their work home. So when you're thinking about... So let's talk system-wise or scholar-wise. Scholar what are some things you do as you're thinking about who you want to hire? Let's think about it. So you have all these great candidates. Let's say you have a panel. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about making sure your panel knows their role. Yep. Um, and that you're the final decision maker. We talked a little bit, too, about kind of how if you rank each candidate as you go through yep. them, you should kind of have a number one at the end, according to the interview. Yep. And our advice was also to make sure that candidates, like your panel doesn't really share their number one and two and three out loud. Yes. Um, <laughs> because then it starts to be like groupthink and yep. all those kind of things. And so... I always have mine just turn in all their questions with their number one and two candidates on top. Yep. In no particular order. I tell them they don't even have to rank them. That's good. Just give me your top two candidates on top. Um, And then as a, what do you think about? Like when you're thinking about it, sometimes people like talent versus experience versus like what? Okay. So I think that I, I want good people first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I am a principal who can coach on skill level. Okay. Um, and I can coach on pretty much anything if you're a good person and you like children. Um, so that's kind of a I, non-negotiable. <laughs> so that's one of my big things. And hopefully if I can get some sort of um, a growth mindset view on how they actually feel about how if they want to grow and continuing growth for them. Yeah, that coachable piece is pretty big. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I think sometimes I will, I agree with you like 90% about the, I can coach up the other stuff. Because sometimes you have so many new people on your team. Yes, you do have to watch that. That, it, that it's, <laughs> your resources get drained yeah. coaching up everyone. Yeah. So there have been times where I have maybe seen potential in a younger candidate, but I needed someone with some experience Experience, that could hit the ground running while I work on my other five new hires. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you do have to balance um, what your team can handle, what they can manage, the grade level you're thinking of putting them in, what feels like a good fit there. 
Yep. But you also want to make sure that you're not just hiring for a grade level or a yeah. content area, making sure that they're a good fit for the building as a whole, because as we know, things change. Things change. <laughs> By the minute. Around. Yeah. So true. And I like to think about, like, before you do an interview, um, writing the qualities that you're really looking for, but then not, not straining from those, like not straying from those, making sure you're sticking to it. And I think a lot of people talk about... Um, they want their their person to fit their team. And sometimes you should think about it from the other perspective. Yep. But- I truly do. I think that there should be something about the person you're hiring that you want the rest of your team to be like. Yes. And so... Like, whether it's their, like, zest for what they do, their desire to be involved in the community, their, like... Their content knowledge. Wide-eyed yes. optimism, yes, whatever should, it is. There should be something that they are also bringing to your staff. And that you want others to emulate. Yes. Yeah, yeah so. 100%. So then, let's say you have one or two candidates and you decide to call references. references. So this is the number one thing that I don't understand. And I actually heard a stat that said... 90% of teachers that resigned did not have reference checks called. Huh? No. 90% of teachers that are asked to resign did not have reference checks called. Like when they were hired? Uh-huh. That's weird. But think about people you know that have gotten hired that you were never called as a reference check. That's interesting. True. Very true. I, I can name a lot of people. <laughs> that bad but like people that have gone on to other things that were great I would have you know but no one ever called me that's a that's that's a really big number yeah I don't think people take the time to call like they should and I think that's the number one thing as an administrator that you have complete control over yeah you do have control over and you need to make sure you're doing that yep you're I mean first off it's legal we have laws in Missouri mm-hmm. that you have to ask certain questions yep. before you bring someone into a school, um, especially if they've worked at a previous school. Um, yeah. And so you have to ask some of those legal questions mm-hmm. within your reference yeah, check. to and, make sure that they are safe. Right. And if you don't know what those are, check with your board policy because everyone should state, have to make yeah, them. Yeah. State statutes. And then, two, I think making sure... I think reference reference checks can be quick. They can be quantifiable, too. If you just kind of do some sort of a Likert scale, like on a scale of one to five, I'm going to give you a list of qualities and want you to tell me how this staff member ranks. Yep. So Um, I doesn't have to be forever. No. Like a super long combo. So my rule of thumb with references is I always call three minimum. Mm -hmm. And then I always call any school that they've worked in. No, that's good. Even if that's more than three. So if they've worked in five schools, I call all five schools. Even as student teaching. Because I want to know, like, you just want to know. You just want to make sure. (laughs) Do your due diligence. So, and I only talk to supervisors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to take like a colleague as a as a reference. So with, not, with student teachers, sometimes, sometimes I'll talk you to have, a supervising oh, yeah, yeah, teacher. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But other than that, no, no. And um, I just think I just think it's really important because also if you're calling someone that they worked ten years ago and they don't even remember that person, that's telling. It's telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there is no excuse if they've worked in a school, you need to be calling their okay. supervisor. And how then, do you, how do you feel about that? Is that too much? No, I think it's completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you get really good information. I do. I try to have my references. Obviously, there's the legal questions I have to ask. But then I also try to have the other questions written out. And I've gone to a few sessions. Todd Whitaker talks a lot about this, 
about different ways to ask reference checks Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like, would you rehire this person saying something like, would you actively recruit this person? And then you keep going to get you like a frame of reference. So if they say, yeah, I would, I think. Mm -hmm. Then you say, okay, so how many people on your staff would you actively recruit? Mm. So if they're saying 20, how big is your staff? 50. Okay, so about two-fifths of your staff you think are highly recruitable. Okay. Where does this person lie in that 20? In that 20%. So you just keep going until you can get oh, some wow. quantifiable. you practice that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> to get good at that. Yep. I do choose. I've, I've struggled in the past to get people to call me back mm-hmm. um, for references. Do you struggle with that at all? Yeah, I usually get my CEO involved. Do you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'll call my HR soup mm-hmm. and she'll call theirs or something just like to at least. call this person back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or at I least. try to even like leave a message with their secretary and be like, hey, I'm doing a reference check. I'm pro- it'll be less than five minutes. Please mm-hmm. get me, you know, please get me on their calendar. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that um, sometimes I've had people say like, yeah, I wish I could talk to you. You have to go to our HR, yeah. whatever. You follow the rules. You try not to work around it. Um, and I think, is there any question that you can't ask in a reference check? People always wonder. I would keep the same line of thinking with interviews and keeping those questions the same. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Protected class. Yes. So the protected class questions and keeping your reference check questions and process the same for each candidate. Absolutely. And I always think about what were any of my team's cons for this candidate, and then I ask those specific questions of my reference check. Got it. So, like, if my team was like, uh, I just don't know how strong they'd be with classroom management. Right. Because maybe that didn't shine through. That's what I'm asking about. Right. In the reference check. Oh, I don't know. They just seem kind of like a know-it-all. You know, that you always have those. So, I'll say, I'll ask those specific questions. Has other people um, had trouble working with this candidate right. before? Right. Does this person rub a parent's the wrong way ever? Those kind of things. And asking all those kind of relational questions, I always ask this one, would this be a classroom you put one of your own kids in? Oh, that's a good one. Because mm-hmm. you can't hide that one. You can't. <laughs> you can't fake that one. Or someone you loves kids if you yes. don't have any. Yes. Okay, so those are some things. Good, good. Okay, so let's say now you've hired the person. Now what do you now do? Now what do you do? Okay. First thing, you got to connect and make sure that that person feels welcome. Yes. So send a swag bag somehow. Oh, that's cute. I never do that. Like with, like, I do so they have goodies. a shirt. Yeah, I do like that. like a shirt or something from, you know, the school and the mascot and everything. Make sure you also call all of the other candidates that did oh my not gosh. get the position yes. Yes. before you let the new person talk about getting the position. Yes. Yeah, you need to, that needs to be really timely. Calling to offer, hopefully they're saying yes and accepting and then calling the other folks immediately. Yep. Um, and making sure you tell that person, can you give me 24 hours? I've yes. gotten into this before. <laughs> Whoopsies. Yes. Where you don't want the candidates who didn't get it to find out from someone, someone else. Someone else. That, because somebody else got it. Right. And and with technology and social media and six degrees of separation, even when you have people in other states, someone posts, oh, I got a third grade teaching job. And then all of a sudden your mom likes that post. Yep. <laughs> It makes its way back to you that you didn't get a job. Dang it. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I think is really important, too, is if you have an internal candidate, and let's say you don't go with that internal candidate, you need to handle that with a whole new level of grace and conversation and be thinking about, 
how you can do that so that person can save dignity. And like doing it during their plan time at 1030, knowing they're going to have to go back and that's, teach. That's rude. That's not okay. Nope. And and that might be the way that you time everything else. Yep. Your internal candidate should be a priority in terms of how they're feeling. And so if you can't talk to that person until 3 p.m., that means that you need to kind of plan all of that other communication around it because yep. that's not fair for them to have to go through the day. <laughs> nope. And have everyone looking at them and yeah. asking questions. Yeah. And also make sure that you give them um, the opportunity to ask you for feedback. Yes. And for you to provide coaching. Yes. Um, so you do a little swag bag. That's yep. cute. Yep. I always send a welcome email too after all the other candidates know. Yeah, after the timing is right and after everybody knows. And the board's approved and yeah, all those yeah, yeah. background yeah. checks, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. So I send a, an email to the staff. Um, and I always ask the candidate or the, you know, the new employee now to send me a photo of them. Me too. And a little like short bio. Mm -hmm. And I send that to the staff. One year I had, um, it was actually like with COVID and there was like so many switches and I started to host part of the virtual school. So I had just so many people joining that I actually, instead of sending an email every time, like I created a, just a Google slides and each candidate, each new person had their own yep. slide. That's <laughs> funny would, because it was so, so many, many people, but I would still make sure to like welcome every single person. Um, that's good. I, that's like one of my big pet peeves is when people are like when the staff doesn't know what staffing looks like. I agree. <laughs> like I've literally had yes. like, people like, do we, who's our custodian? Who's that new person uh -huh. in the kitchen? Like people need to know. <laughs> yes. And CC that new person so that people can yes. reach out yes, and, and congratulate them. them. Yes. Um, the other thing, uh, that I try to do too is with the pictures and the blurb, like over the summer, I like to send something out to parents yep. and let them know about grade changes and all that and welcoming the new staff. Same. And I think that's always really yep. important. I put that to on do. our Facebook typically of any new staff that's joining us, yep. so that the families are aware. And then I think too, if you do have staff who are leaving, well, I know that this isn't about staff who's leaving, I try to make sure that I tell those people, hey, I'm. I'm not necessarily going to share your news for you, um, you know, if you've resigned. And so if you want me to help you share that news, please tell me. Otherwise, you need to tell staff. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, if I'm sending out an email that so-and-so is going to be a new third grade teacher. <laughs> we need to know who's not going to yeah. be the third grade teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Who's leaving? So Exactly. I also like to, after I've gone with the higher... Um, when I have a few moments to really think about it, I do like to take notes for myself and I start a folder for them um, for the next year. But I like to take notes on like their strengths and what I really want to play up to others yep. and then areas to grow yep. that stood out from the interview so that like from day one, I can kind of hit that and prepare them for those yep. areas of concern or yeah, that they I need try to, to grow. have those conversations right up front like, hey, this came through in your interview and I just love how you just really shared your content knowledge. And I think you're going to bring great things to this team with that. And here's some of the areas of concern from your interview. No big deal. Everybody has them. Right. But these are some things that I think I'm going to be working with you on this year. So yep. here's some books that you can read over the summer or whatever. Right. What do you need? Yeah. Yep. I also like to do a welcome note um, that they have on their desk for the first day of contract. Yes. And I like to like put a specific thing in there about why I hired yes. them and what made them stand out. Just kind of those ideas that make them feel like it was a very personal thing. That's really cute. Okay, that that's about good. all I've got. Yeah, I think that's all I have, too, for the after the post-interview process. That's so, good. All right, from the desk of the Modern Principal, nothing is more important than hiring and developing people. At the end of the day, you bet on people, not strategies. Oh, yeah, that's from, brilliant. From Lawrence Bosity, former CEO of GE. 
Way to go, Lawrence. All right. We thought these were going to be short. They're not. 17 no, minutes. They're not. Just, just, we could just talk about it. We can just, we're just windbags. We just yeah. talk about everything. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our pod to receive them as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal, and you can find more at themodernprincipal.com. Bye. Bye.